We turn to Japan now. Uh, there was news coming out that their economy minister tested positive for COVID-19 despite uh, being asymptomatic. Normally, uh, you would think, well, it's good that they uh, found an infection among the leadership ranks so it didn't spread any further. But this resulted in a lot of public anger, a lot of people uh, basically upset that they have been rejected for tests in in big, big numbers, while the elite are seemingly able to access these uh, tests uh, ahead of the rest of the public who've been waiting for quite a while. Uh, We've been talking quite a bit about Japan's very low level of testing. Uh, It seems to parallel the uh, situation in the U.S., although the U.S. has improved somewhat in recent weeks. Despite their low levels of testing, uh, we've seen their number of cases and deaths increase. uh, As it stands right now, they are over 13,000 confirmed cases and uh, getting very close to uh, 400 um, fatalities. So we're going to find out more about uh, Japan's response to the coronavirus. Very pleased to have uh, joining us the award-winning journalist and author of Japanization, What the World Can Learn from Japan's Lost Decades, William Pesek on the line. Hello. Good morning. Good morning to you, sir. Thank you very much for uh, joining us. So uh, we've been hearing these comparisons about how Shinzo Abe, the prime minister of Japan, has handled COVID-19 to how uh, the uh, previous government, uh, the opposition party's government, uh, handled the uh, 2011 Fukushima nuclear disaster. Two very different uh, crises, uh, but certainly, I I guess, uh, similar anger in terms of the uh, the government's uh, response to it. Yes, I mean, I think in some ways there are some pretty significant parallels between what happened, uh, what's happening now, and nine years ago. Because you know, when Fukushima occurred and there was radiation leaking, uh, you know, basically about a hundred and you know fifty miles away from Tokyo, uh, there was a lot of denial. There was a lot of efforts by the government to downplay the severity downplay the panic, deflect blame, and also to blame the foreign media for sensationalizing the story. Meanwhile, the risks were rising, so the government was somewhat paralyzed. I think people worry that a similar scenario is playing out right now, where you know, the numbers, as you mentioned at the top of this interview, are actually quite low relative to, say, New York City yeah. um, or even other parts of Asia. Um, however, the problem is the, the shape of the curve, and it is rising, and the issue is it is Japan different from the rest of the world? How, how does Japan expect to sit this one out? And I think the odds are that we will experience an outbreak in the weeks and months ahead. And I think people here worry that this is the calm before the storm and the government is kind of complacent as those risks increase. It, it, it is um, often the case that uh, there's a comparison with uh, the Korean situation and the Japanese situation. Uh, on the surface, the numbers are, are similar. Maybe Japan has, has uh, a, few, uh, a few more uh, fatalities, a few more confirmed uh, infections. The uh, testing protocol uh, certainly is quite different. I've, I've heard a lot of Western press talk about how, well, Japan has a culture of uh, being um, socially isolated from each other anyways. They all wear masks. They're, they're very hygienic. Does the Japanese public themselves also believe that that is the case, or have they lost the um, confidence in the uh, Abe uh, administration? Well, I think that there is some belief that culturally Japan is, was somewhat better prepared for this than, say, you know, a country like the U.S. Um, you know, where, I mean, I, you know, I come from Queens, New York, and people there are very touchy, very huggy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the Japanese are not. However, I think that there's been a real dearth of testing here. Um, I think Japan, in some ways, has made the same mistake that the U.S. has, where tests are not readily available. In order to get tests, 
you have to pretty much be walking into an emergency room passing out. I mean, you have to be right. sort of, you know, really beyond the pale to get tests and, uh, tested. And that is the worry that Japan's numbers, as you mentioned, are quite low. But the thing is, we're not doing randomized testings. We're not doing wide testing. And so we don't know what we don't know. And that's really a, a problem in this environment. The uh, healthcare system and the uh, general Japanese uh, disaster response infrastructure has been widely lauded. I, I would say that uh, considered uh, the top, if not one of the top in the world. As far as you, you mentioned the upward uh, kind of uh, movement of this curve, and that's the concern. And once uh, testing uh, gets ramped up, uh, perhaps we'll see more cases. But the Japanese healthcare system, of course, uh, really uh, kind of... Uh, well lauded for its ability to handle these kind of crises. Uh, is there a concern that uh, they might get overrun, just like we've seen in New York? Well, there are reports that the system is becoming somewhat overloaded as we speak. I keep re- you know, reading and hearing about these stories about ambulances having to stop by about 10, 15, 20 hospitals before someone is admitted. And, you know, this is probably a very bad time to need treatment away from coronavirus. Mm. Break an arm if you need stitches. This is not a very good time to be walking into a hospital emergency room because the system is beginning to become overwhelmed. And I think that, you know, hospitals here are a bit better equipped than, say, in the U.S. because, you know, the healthcare system here is somewhat more nationalized, somewhat more, somewhat more socialized. So it's not a for-profit system. So there are uh, a greater number of beds and ventilators than you'd have in the U.S. But there are signs of strain. And, again, when we do testing and we realize how many asymptomatic people are walking around Japan and need treatment, that's when the real pressure point comes. It, it is uh, some, somewhat of a, an odd comparison to, to look at Shinzo Abe and then Donald Trump and, and talk <laughs> about them, because very different personalities, a very different approach uh, to things. But uh, we're seeing some parallels here. The Diamond Princess cruise ship, obviously the, the Japanese did not want to count those numbers uh, on their own in the lead-up to the uh, Summer Olympics. Uh, Trump famously did not want that uh, cruise ship docked in uh, San Francisco uh, to be counted, saying he likes the numbers where they are. It was at 15 at the time, and he was saying they're going to come da- go down to, to, to zero, and it's going to be a, a, a beautiful thing. Uh, just from your book, Japanization, What the World Can Learn from Japan's Lost Decades, uh, you, you talk about various uh, factors that stunt Japan's growth. Uh, it is apples to oranges, but uh, the way the Abe government's sort of lack of proactive handling does seem to mirror what, what Trump did as well. Can you talk about how those factors, though, uh, relate to Abe's handling of this whole crisis? Well, you know, Shinzo Abe, for better or worse, is arguably Donald Trump's only friend in the world. He's the only <laughs> world leader who has consistently stood next to Trump and said, I'm okay with this guy. So I'm not sure that's a great place for, for Abe to be at the moment. But right. I think the parallel that's most important is putting the economy before health. And I think that in many ways, Japan for weeks was dragging its feet worrying about the Olympics. They were trying to protect the Olympics. And until the day before Japan finally postponed the 2020 Olympics, which was going to begin in July, they were still arguing that we can still go ahead with the Olympics. And I think that once the Olympics were disposed of, the governor here in Tokyo, Governor Koike, became a lot more proactive in speaking about risks. But the Abe government is still downplaying things. And so you see this tension between between the Tokyo government and the national government. And I think the problem is that we do see Abe following or reading from the Trump script, which is that we don't want to upset the economy. We don't want to upset the stock market. Hopefully the health risks will work themselves out, but in the meantime, let's not do too much damage. But the problem is that if cases, if the caseload increases and the curve steepens, 
then the economy will be negatively affected anyway. So it doesn't really happen. It doesn't really work out, if you will. The suspicion, the suspicion has been here in Korea that uh, Abe would like to, to ride the uh, success of the Olympics, uh, get a, even a bigger political mandate, and eventually uh, uh, try to change the, con- con- the pacifist constitution. But uh, with all of these setbacks, uh, with the Olympics now uh, very much in question as well, are we getting any closer to potentially some kind of existential uh, question of whether uh, Abe can remain in power? Yes, there's been a lot of talk about that. I mean, two months ago, people, really, very few people would have said that Abe's days are numbered. But I think now the question is, will he even serve out his most recent term? You know, and back in, late in 2019, Shinzo Abe became Japan's longest-serving prime minister. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think some people here kind of joke about whether or not he should have stepped aside <laughs> after a couple of terms. Right. He might regret staying on for a third term. There's even been talk of a fourth term. Um, that is not happening. And now the question is whether or not he serves out a third term. This year will be very pivotal in terms of the economy. And if he can manage the economy and avoid a very, very deep recession, he might get right. a second wind in terms of popularity. But uh, it's an open question. William Pesek, author of Japanization, What the World Can Learn from Japan's Lost Decades. Thank you very much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Thank you.